This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Hey, hey! My God. You are tan. I'm jealous. Each <laughs> guy, you cannot be bald and pasty. It's just, it's just, it's just not a good look, you know? I, I'm not, I'm not like It Elon. used to be a sign of money, you know? Well, Jordan Spieth... Justin Thomas, these guys were balding, and somehow now they have a full head of hair. Guys like me, we at the time when it was really going, we could not have afforded those uh, surgeries. Trips to Turkey. So, yeah, so now we just got to keep sun on us. Some of it might have been a – the base might be fake, but uh, what's I don't know what's fake me. I mean, it's it's either mm-hmm. it's – to me, the fake and bake, while the, the, the light source is fake, the tan is real. It doesn't wash off, you know. By my second like, – yeah, going to a wedding year, and everybody's armpit is white at a wedding. You know that everyone's armpit. Why don't I? I don't do spray tans. That's, like, what, I'm I know, That's what I'm saying. I know that would be fake. Yeah, it's it's fake in the sense where you lay in something for 12 minutes. When, my second year in Philly, I refused to like have a winter like I did my first year. I would come in like December, and I would look like I just got back from Aruba. But the, obviously, <laughs> I've been there the whole time. I wore out a booth there. Like, where has he been? Was it the yeah, just, uh, was it the 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 crowning tulips? What was the name of the place in Miami? Different different kind of booth, I guess. Oh, uh, the orchids of Asia. Or orchids of Asia. <laughs> That's right. And um, I, I am very glad that his lawyers won that one that they ripped up the tape because that would have been one that if it would have got out of the internet streets, I would have been like, I refuse. I know. And I would have clicked, and I would have regretted it. There are things we just don't need. On the internet, because self-control is a very difficult thing to have on the internet. Well, you agree that a lot of people that you and I would know would, if you like, hey, there's a tape of craft getting a handy at the deal, you'd be like, I'm not, no chance. And 90% of them would click. They might not last long, but it's like, let's just see what the place kind of looks like. Right, right, right. Because even if it's like, can I see him waddle in in a towel, you know? Right. I, I would like to see the setup, like when he walks, like when he gets out of the bends and walks in the front door. The the story that story was pretty crazy because remember it was the way they got the guy's information was they would do a fake traffic stop, yeah. After the person left, and then they would I don't even remember what they would pretend they were stopping him for, and the, just speeding or like missing a stop sign, but they wouldn't even give but him like a they didn't give him a ticket. Yeah, it'd be like oh, and 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 the the police report from the Robert Kraft police from the stop was like very pleasant. Like Robert was very nice. You know, he was just talkative and happy to yeah. talk about sports or something with the police officer. Robert uh, did claim in that section of the book, 
or maybe his lawyers did, is that his his massage at a normal massage place, maybe at the Ritz or I thought he had a house down there, but his original massage was canceled. His buddy took him, remember? So his buddy's like, well, I got a place for you. And Robert's like, okay. So he went innocently and then he just kind of hit it off with the owner. And But he did go back for seconds, right? Well, he thought they had a connection. <laughs> you can't, you, you know, as someone DM me today, guy, and they said, they did it in jest and they were laughing. They started with an LOL. Why do you hate Chris Paul so much? And my response was simple. It's like love. Sports, people you hate, they choose you. You know, you don't you don't know how it's going to play out as a sports fan, right? You just end up hating certain people because you gravitate toward the hatred of like, I can't stand this player, right? And I think sometimes in life, right, you just certain people in the office, you're like, I can't stand this guy. Now, you might have specific reasons. Like for Chris, the flopping, and you, you've been the biggest flopping hater of all time. Like yeah. if you, if you to your core despise what that move stands for, you can't like that guy. Even if you can respect, he's a good player and all this stuff. Then the, then the point God, like there's just a lot of reason I don't like him. The difference, the one difference between life hate and sports hate is life hate. It's best to remove yourself from, you know, some of that stuff. Although hate can be a good motivator, but <clears throat> you know, the guy you hate at the office maybe actually motivates you. You're in sales, want to get better sales, whatever. Hate is so great for sports. It's fantastic for sports, right? It's what every league should hope that they have are rivalries where people hate each other, people hating Chris Paul. It's part of the reason why I wanted to see Suns Warriors was just the hate, 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 hate. Now, Luca, I'm actually fired up for it to be the Mavs. Did you ever find a Mavs bar? I saw you tweet you're looking for a Mavs bar in Phoenix. Did one exist? That, see, but I, see that I was I, I didn't even mean that was more of just a fuck you how much I hate these guys. No, no, I know, but you have one, to admit though, was, was I was I not correct though seeing them lose like they did? How awesome that was! Like it doesn't get any better than that. <clears throat> I he could had not an epic collapse. I didn't see the score until John. They were down. Well, they had a 40 37 and a half. I think. So they had 50, they had 50 after three quarters, right? Cause they were scored 40 in the fourth. I didn't see the score until early fourth. So they were, I walk in and I see the score. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, you know, we're standing there at the clubhouse at Olympic. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> huh? And I'm like, Oh my God. Uh, but can I get Sunday night baseball on Sunday baseball is on a lot of TVs there. This is a bougie uh, uh, kind of podcast know, going right now. You, you play you play an Olympic. You got Middlecoff went to doing hotel bars and exclusive uh, pools and Scottsdale. More, you know. <laughs> we maintain hey. our blue collar nature, John. Yeah, you know, just we maintain get up our early blue trying color. to trying to pay the bills. Open for invitations as always. <laughs> to me, I, I'm with you. Like, if it was a coin flip game, like Luca walk off, fade away three. That was would better. not. That was way better. Yeah. That was like, I couldn't have ever imagined something so sweet. The way those two went out within a week of James, I mean, an all time epic, just I'm taking a dump in the middle of center court. Like, I don't even want to be here. Everyone's (laughs) going to make so much fun of me. Like, you can't even make this up. And Chris's thing, I don't hate James as much as Chris anymore because Chris is still pretty good. Like, James isn't good anymore. So I just view James as like, I'm not kicking. It's like, it'd be like me making fun of like Ricky Fowler or whatever. It's like, yeah, he's just not that good. Like, it's not, it was cooler two years ago to get joy out of that. Like, mm-hmm. to me, Chris, like the number one seed, 64 wins, 
just they're going to win the NBA championship this year. They get blown out game seven by, listen, Luka's an all-time great player, but the Mavs, that should not happen. Maybe not. They might win the game, but here's an example. I think they were a nine-point favorite. Yeah, they were a big favorite. Ultimately, winning and losing is not as, the, the losing is not the part of your legacy. It's the how you lose, right? It's how Houston lost to the Warriors a few years ago with Harden. It's like the Pistons, Isaiah's Pistons lost a lot of big games just because they played a lot of great teams, but they're pretty well respected, right? Like, they're does not anyone chumped. care that, like, Giannis lost in the second round? Everyone's like, God damn, that guy, man. Yeah. Jokic, first round, it's like, Jokic, Draymond's like, this guy, I mean, what, what are we supposed to do? Harden goes out, they're like, what is this? Embiid's like, yeah, man, he ain't the same guy. <laughs> Embiid said that after the game. He's like, if you guys are looking for the Rockets, Harden, that guy's long gone. The Which guy is I'm crazy, playing with. Right? Is, but everyone it's like what's he supposed to say like he's just telling the truth so i got a lot of joy out of that yeah i mean the thing about the thing about arizona too is you could be cocky there about rooting for the demise of that team like i I could not if i was in la let's say i was in hollywood how about chicago philly new york i couldn't just openly at bars say things to other people I would ne- I, I wouldn't do that in the Bay Area with the Niners or the Warriors, but in Phoenix, it's a, it's a weird sports town because it is a really good sports town. But people are from all over. That team specifically hasn't been good forever. The They're, roots don't not- run that deep. But do you agree? Like you could not just roll to LA or the Bay Area with one of their main teams and be talking shit at a big bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would not be a smart move. No, <laughs> you know? no. But I felt very cocky and confident doing it, and it was. I got so much joy. I, I can't express to you guys, someone who's become so numb to so much of this stuff, how much joy I get in some of these players that I despise. Yeah. Losing, you know, yes. them losing. Like, seeing people you don't like, like suffer is sometimes better than watching success, root than the person you like succeeding. It's like when you have a good, you know, take and you just, it plays out overseas and you're like, I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah. Right. Like my uh, Bucks take. But I do think they prove like they have an all-time great player. And yeah, to me, they are they are falling into the Dirk Mavs category. I don't you? think they're done yet, though. He's no, twenty-seven years old. They're not. They're you're right. They're not done yet. Uh, hey, YouTube, what's up? If you're watching us on YouTube live, or if you're watching us after the fact, hit that like button. We appreciate it. Subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that a lot. If you're listening to the podcast, we've got a YouTube channel. You can go check it out. If you're watching, we got a podcast down in the description below. You can check that out. Our latest mailbag came out over the weekend. If you want to get in the next one on Apple Podcasts, just leave us a review. Put a mailbag question in it. We appreciate the five stars. Holler at us. And one other note, John, we got a DraftKings game going. As of Tuesday, early afternoon, there's 20 spots left. 100 people, 20 bucks a pop. First place for the PGA Championship, DraftKings will pay $540 to the winner. Top five will also make the other four will make money as well. So uh, go get in the Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings League. I tweeted the link. I, it's not in this uh, YouTube, but uh, it's on Instagram as well, I think. So let me know if you have Tulsa, any trouble Tulsa, Oklahoma. Is, where, where did the – right before I got to Fresno State, they had a really big bowl win, I thought. Did they ever play in Tulsa? Do you remember that? Was it Memphis? Did they have a bowl game? It might yeah, have been a couple years before they I got played, there. Uh, They played at the University of Tulsa. In a bowl game. In a bowl game. I was there. I honestly don't. Feels like it was like a Virginia. 
they beat Virginia in the Boise game, MPC Computers Bowl. Steven Spock, game-winning touchdown reception, also dominated the um, A-League, Intramural Basketball League that year uh, at Fresno State. Was a, star- was a starting long snapper that when he graduated, Kenny Amendola took over for, if I remember correctly. Oh, legacy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, carry on the tradition. Um, who? I feel like it was like... Uh, I feel they got into that bowl game because it was a pretty good bowl game after they lost to USC and they proceeded to lose the rest of the games <laughs> until that game. If it might have been 05. Uh you which you're talking about the Tulsa game? I, I then came a couple years later. I, I'm mixing my bowl games because the, the Boise game you're talking about. Yeah. They had a Jim McElwain had that wasn't the USC year. year before. No. The Jim McElwain was the Boise Bowl, I think, right? They had a walk. They beat Virginia in a pretty epic game. I thought, uh, well, there were multiple Boise games. One of them was probably McIlwain. See, I'm looking through the bowls here. I don't see a game at Tulsa, but I know I went with them to a game at. Maybe they played Tulsa. Tulsa. Maybe Maybe they played. I think you're right about that. I think it was just on the schedule. uh, One of those years, but that's a deep dive for another day. Uh, SMU. No, that was a Derek Carr year. That was Mar- yeah, that was Marcus Hunt. That game was in Hawaii. That was the Hawaii Bowl. That game did not go well. And the, I think the problem on that, do you know the problem on that bowl game? Was that? I'm pretty sure that was Christmas Eve, and there were a lot of people watching because it was the one game on television that night. It was like a Thursday night, Christmas Eve, because I was at my parents' house, and he got destroyed. Yeah. And I just thought there are probably a lot of people sitting on their couches around the country. This is not much on. It wasn't. It was like a Wednesday night, so it wasn't. There's no NFL on. It was ugly. The uh, Marcus Hunt Mar- killed him. I killed him. Marcus Hunt remember was like six ten. The Liberty Bowl was against that, Tulsa. That, that's what I was talking about in Memphis. That was and that was a good bowl game, right? That was a good yeah. bowl game. Uh, but that's that's anyway. what I was talking about. Uh, that's not what we anticipated starting the show with. But who cares? Okay, God, there's so much stuff actually for us to talk about today. And uh, one other note we always appreciate you sharing. So I wanted to go back to something you and I talked about, German, uh, the NFL in Germany. We talked about the NFL yeah. in Germany when the schedule yeah, Tom came Bra- out. Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady, the Germany game. Let's see, I got my big, uh, my big schedule here. That game is... Uh, when is that game? Why is it not on this? Well, it's not a primetime game, I don't think. Uh, no, I've got a different schedule, but um, against the Seahawks. Week 10. Tampa, Week Seattle. 10. Tampa, Seattle. Tampa's the home team in Germany. And so we started getting into Germany. Like, what? what, what is the deal with football in Germany? And I got this DM from a listener of ours, John, in Germany. This is Tino. You DM me on Twitter. He said, uh, I listen to your pod for more than a year now. Great content. Heard the part about Germany, and you're wondering why Germany. Well, I'm from Germany, and I can tell you that it's a huge fan base, and it's getting bigger year to year. It started about 10 years ago when the network Pro 7 Sat 1 secured the broadcast rights to the NFL. First, it was only the Super Bowl. Now it's three games per week. The biggest fan bases here are Seahawks, Packers, Niners, Patriots. Until today, almost half a million, this was Friday, half a million people have signed up to get a ticket for the game in Munich. That's 10 times the capacity of the stadium. So I guess you have to like enter a lottery to try and get tickets or something. 
It's like getting a sandwich at a pack spot, you know, when you pull a card. Yeah, I can't wait for Yep, 77. So <laughs> half a million people have signed up for a ticket uh, for Seahawks-Patriots. So it's a big game. And he said Patriots, Seahawks, Patriots, Packers, Niners are the biggest fan bases in Germany. The hype is real. So keep up the great work. So, John, uh, in honor of Tino and uh, German uh, football fans everywhere, I thought I would uh, play a German highlight of a play from an NFL game. On SAC, whatever that's on, on, uh, Yeah, from Pro 7 SAT 1. Yeah. And see if anyone can pick out what is happening in this play. There are going to be some English-ish words and obviously the names of the people involved. It's a big play. I'll tell you, it's a scoring play. This play is from the 2016-2017 NFL season. Is it on a radio? It's television, but I've taken the video out. I have the answer as well with the video once we hear this play. But let me know. Maybe the chat on YouTube can figure out what's happening here. So they show it on television in Germany in German. In ger- like with it. German broadcasters, yeah. So you think they, do you think, would you imagine they're in a studio somewhere? I would imagine they're country? in a studio, yep. Because I remember being in Israel during the NBA Finals several years ago, and they're playing the games, and it's like Jeff Van Gundy, you know, Breen, and Mark Jackson. And then they will just bring the volume down, and the Israeli guys in the studio will just talk over them. And then they'll bring their volume back up. You know, it's hilarious. Well, we forget we were young, but like in the – maybe even in high school and college, they had NFL Europa, right? Right. That was kind of like USFL. They would put teams over there. Kurt Warner, I mean, I think good – a lot of good players, but guys that played in the NFL went play- over there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Germany had a team because I know Amsterdam had a team. Yep. There were probably some pretty cool places for guys that remember the XFL took some of them. I have to talk to this guy, Chuck McDonald, who's the who's the producer for the big noon for the Joel Klatt uh Gus games. And he used to do NFL Europe. He said it was an amazing experience. Like people loved it. Like all the people that worked those crews and stuff, it was just and he does it. He's everybody. their producer now. He's now the, but that's where he started because that was all Fox stuff many years ago. Uh, all right. So here we go, John. See if anybody listening can guess anything about what's happening in this play in German. Here we go. Zeigen Sie wieder Druck an. Vier von sechs erfolgreich bei den dritten Versuchen bisher in diesem Spiel von Tom Brady. Reicht auch diesmal hier. Malcolm Floyd. Miami calling. Tony Lippett. Das sieht man gleich nochmal. Also erstmal. Jetzt pass auf. Jetzt komm. Jetzt Achtung, gleich rums. Und. Oh. Uh. War das korrekt? Ja, ja, das war auf jeden Fall korrekt. War, war auf gut. die Schulter. Ah, der tut weh. Ja, sieht man jetzt das glaube ich. Ham, ham. Ja, aber der ist korrekt. Aber der ist korrekt. Also Schulter auf Schulter war alles gut. Ja. Der ist jetzt, der ist in Kamtschatka Skifahren. All right. Anything you can make out from there? Well, I mean, Tom Brady, Malcolm Floyd, but I don't remember a yep. moment. I mean... Wasn't Malcolm Floyd a wide receiver on the Patriots? Oh, he played for the Patriots? Played for the Patriots. So you got that part right. You hear there's a few other. Was Malcolm Floyd also on the Chargers? Am I thinking the same guy? I think you're thinking of the same guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So you guys, a lot of people in the chat are, 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 I'm not going to play the whole thing again. Just, there's a few things you heard Brady, uh, does preseason game. No, this is a regular season game. Does correct. Does correct. Was uh, one of the things you hear as well. There's a big hit on this play. Zeigen Sie wieder Druck an. Vier von sechs erfolgreich bei den dritten Versuchen bisher in diesem Spiel von Tom Brady. Reicht auch diesmal hier. Jo, jo, und Edelman geht's! Edelman geht's! Was war das für ein Block? Monsterblock! Touchdown für New England! Did you, hear, did you catch that there? Monster block, monster block. I got no clue. I've had to watch it multiple times to hear like some of the English, like monster block. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the play. Uh, in the chat, Stephen Ramsey got it right. Tom Brady to Edelman. Here we go. We're watching it now. Malcolm Floyd. Hello. Miami calling. I, I, I don't Lippert. remember that play, but that looked pretty sweet. Das sieht man gleich noch. You remember also this play? No. Jetzt komm. Jetzt Achtung, gleich rums. Und chop out. I don't even think that. I don't think that blocks allowed. Was korrekt? Ja, das war Das korrekt? Der tut weh. Ja. Sieht man jetzt noch mal. Das glaube ich. Ham ham. Ja, aber der ist korrekt. Aber der ist korrekt. Also schön. It is correct. It is correct. He's saying it's a legit block. Der ist jetzt uh, I don't. I mean, I guess in college you definitely can't do that. Anymore. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you do the blind side anymore in the pros. I I, I was a sucker for that block, but I, I get it. Ham yeah, ham. Does he say ham ham? <laughs> That's so. There we go. Be fun. We could we could do this every week. We you're right. That play wasn't. You need like Super Bowl plays to really be able to guess it. I think. But well, they're only getting three games a year or something, didn't he say? No, a week. Early on? A week. Three games a oh, week. Three games a week. Three games a week. Yeah. So that's not terrible, actually. Right? No, it's pretty good because you're just getting probably the best games. You're not getting, you know, Jags, Titans. Well, with him saying Seattle, it makes sense why they're it's Seattle Brady, right? I bet Brady's an enormous star over there in Seattle. You know, I I guess it's like a soccer team, right? If you if you love Manchester United, that this might be a I might not get the players right, right? And they got Ronaldo, and then they no longer have Ronaldo. It's different. The sweet teams always just add other sweet players. You would still kind of be interested in Manchester United, so maybe maybe in Germany you're like, yeah, Russell's gone, but we we like Seattle, right? We like the franchise because over there it's like the it's like Chelsea. You know, I was I was flipping around the channels on Saturday or Sunday, and there was a big premier game, and it was just it felt big. You know, you could do the crowd, you just root for the they root for players over there, but they definitely root for like Man City, whoever your squad right. is, right? right? Everton, maybe well, that's I think how they nationally. View it. Uh, sorry, worldwide, like Manchester United is just one is the biggest brand. They embrace the marketing very quickly, and uh, yeah. But like, if I'm a Barcelona fan, if I grew up and I just kind of like Barcelona, whether they go through different players, like, I'm just going to keep rooting for Barcelona, right? Right, right. Yeah. Now, once I remember they watch my- Drew Lock, they might turn on them, <laughs> right? <laughs> like my uncle who grew up in Israel in the '80s, like he's a huge football team fan. 
they were good in the late 80s. That's who we watched. Yeah. And my uh, dad came from there. The hogs. Yeah, the hogs. Did you see, by the way, speaking of hogs, before we get on to some Niner stuff, that UC Davis, the students of UC Davis on the uh, recent, um, uh, I don't know, student council balloting or whatever, voted to change the mascot, not the name. UC Davis still the Aggies, but they're going to become a cow instead of a horse, instead of a Mustang. Why? I know they say it's more representative of being an Aggie. I don't know. I don't necessarily disagree with them, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Even though I don't know if a cow quite works as a mascot, unless it's a bull. I guess you're trying to be a little goofy. You're trying to, you know, stand out a little bit, right? Like a banana slug. Who's the banana slugs? Uh, it's Santa Cruz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do they even have any squads anymore? Got yeah, a baseball team, I think. Yeah. Uh, all right, John. Let's dive into some OTA stuff, and uh, specifically as it relates to Trey Lance. Because we can get to maybe we'll get today to something Peter King said today, but uh, we were going through why you have this grin on your face. Because I I saw so many people like retweeting every rookie if they had one sweet play when they were like with their iPad they would post on their Instagram and they were so proud of like one yeah. hand snatches. Oh, yeah. I don't blame the guy. I'm in the NFL rookie minicamp, but it's like oh Pro Bowl. Like I, it's like I don't even know who, who is this guy, but it's. And it's not even just the Niners all over the league over the last two weeks, rookie mini camps, like check out the get off from our undrafted free agents, like him taking off a bag, <laughs> but he, he posts it. He's like getting it in. Yeah. You know, Drake Jackson, one-on-one Danny Gray, no block, no rock. <laughs> That's a good, I, well, Kyle probably told him that in his top 30 visit a month ago. You know, who loves to say no block, no rock is chip. All right. It is, a, no it is a it is a it is a offensive coordinator who likes to run the balls philosophy. Yeah, and Chip Chip is like Kyle, a little different. I'd say Kyle's a little more physical at the point, but Chip, you know, he's a run first coach. Right, that's what those Oregon teams were. Right, Ran, those Oregon teams they just, were. They just have like two plays and they hit eighty yards. So uh, we thought one way to approach the conversation about what's upcoming for Trey Lance is to talk about what it is that Kyle Shanahan is going to want to see out of Trey Lance. Initially, we thought we maybe we'll talk about specific numbers, but instead, let's talk about how Trey Lance can solidify his position as the 49ers expected starting quarterback. Until Jimmy Garoppolo's on another team, there, there, um, there still is always another option for Kyle Shanahan. So uh, what are the things you think when Kyle Shanahan is stepping on the field, the practice field at OTAs with Trey Lance, that are the most important to him? Well, you know, several years ago, it might have been the Super Bowl year, Jimmy had like a stretch of practices, and the difference was there weren't other quarterbacks that were breathing down his neck. Like he was the starter. He had been paid. He was coming off the ACL injury. Pretty sure he threw five pick sixes in a row. Not that same day, but like a pick six. The next day, another pick six, another pick six, and it was like, this is not going well. And then he had a game against Denver or whatever, and it just felt like things are a little off kilter right now. And I, I think you can feel that when I was with the Eagles, I Five guess it was my executive interceptions in one practice in 2019. Oh, so it was even worse in a practice straight passes. That's pretty bad. When I first showed up to Philly, Donovan McNabb had just been traded and Kevin Cobb, who was now he wasn't the third overall pick, but was the, uh, the second round pick and the heir apparent and was going to be the name, the starter training camp did not go well. And then we had a couple of preseason games and it was even uglier. 
then the first game he got knocked out and Michael Vick came in and the rest was history. But things were brewing, I would say, before Mike went in. And what people weren't even looking at Mike like he was old Mike Vick. It was more just like, is this guy any good? To me, you could separate the guy breathing down someone's neck and just looking at a player independently. And you and I talked earlier today, like the way this thing is going to be covered for like four straight weeks, whenever the media is allowed in and if you and me go to a practice or whatever, Jimmy's not going to be there. So it's not, there's no comparison going on. Like last year in training camp, it was all comparisons. Like Trey can do this. Jimmy can't do that. Trey threw two inters, two incompletions. And then David Lombardi would say Grant Cohen was wrong. He threw four. You know, it was just no one could get on the same page, but it was just comparing the two. To me, this is an independent, like, is he throwing picks? Like, not Jimmy's not going to be able to throw a pick or not a pick. So it's like, is Trey Lance throwing interceptions? He's If they do one-on-ones, like, does Jimmy Ward pick him off? Does Tredavious uh, Ch- Ward pick him off? Like, I'd say every pick he throws in practice, fair or not, is going to be a relatively big story. And it'd be hard to do what Jimmy accomplished that on that given practice. If he were to have a day that's open to the media, let's just say, let's cut that number in half. Two straight passes that are pick six, just two. I'd say that'd be a pretty big, you might turn on ESPN and they'd be talking about it, right? I think yes. his plays are going to, I think his plays are going to be magnified, the bad ones. Because I don't think you're going to get that much credit for the good ones. You know? Depends how they happen, right? Like last year, his good play, some of them, we were there for his greatest practice play of the year. And it came, you know, after a whistle would have been blown. Um, for the me, one where it's, he rolled left and hit Trent Shurfield over yeah, the. Yeah. Shoulder. It was a great throw. But, but part of why that was such an exciting play is just because of the physicality of the play and what a difficult play it is to make. Well, there was. And, and, you know, he, he then replicated that in games, rolling left and throwing down the field like that. It, that was a thing that translated to games for him. Yeah. I think where he throws the football is important. Now, 50, 50 balls down the field, the, the DB outfights the right. We're not talking about those plays. I think specifically, is he getting tricked? Like those are the plays, right? Where Fred Warner just appears out of nowhere. I think those are the plays that would concern Kyle Shanahan the most, because I think at his heart, Kyle Shanahan can do the basics in scheming plays open. So when he schemes you a play, are you able to put the ball in the right place? And when I say physically, are you able to discern properly where the right place to go with the ball is? In lightning speed, right? Not this guy, the next guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's the part that I think, of all the things that happen in sports that we have no concept of, I would put how fast quarterbacks have to make decisions and what it actually looks like to them at the very top of the list of the most impossible to duplicate. Um, I don't know what the equivalent would be to like driving a car through traffic with no lanes at what speed, but it's extraordinarily, you know, we, we see it because most guys struggle with it and they're the best of the group that does what they do. But I, that to me would be the number one thing is it's one thing if he's throwing picks because whatever, like I, I think, you know, his, his footwork, the length of his throwing motion, whether his ball spirals or not, 
these are all things that will play themselves out in real time. But just to get on the field, I think Kyle Shanahan has to trust that when he creates, and just like it worked against Jimmy Garoppolo in some spots, right, where he wasn't, he missed throws too. I scheme, was it the Titans game where Kyle Juszczyk is wide open down the right sideline and Jimmy Garoppolo just misses him, right? It's This is why I keep saying, and I, I went on uh, – Rob, remember, remember when Mullins they were playing the Eagles and use check like first play of the game would have walked. I mean, like 90 yards. <laughs> well, Mullins Mullins overthrew him by like 40 yards. Garoppolo like did it on the goal line with uh, um, with one of the running backs. Remember, I think it's it was on the, the it's it's happened to the 49ers several times over the last I think it was years. Jeff Wilson Jr. was schemed wide open. I could be wrong about that, but I think it was Jeff Wilson Jr. schemed wide open on the goal line and Jimmy. Completely missed them. It might have been the play where, like, I, I I might be mixing plays up where Ayuk was lined up at like tight end, something crazy. It's happened to use check definitely several times over the yeah. last several years. I I was talking to uh, Rob Stats Carrera. I was on his podcast. I think he's gonna put it out later in the week yesterday, and um, from SB Nation. And uh, I said you were talking about Jimmy, and I said you know one of the things I think we forget. I think when Jimmy's not playing, we overemphasize how much Kyle likes him. And then when we're in the season, it's clear that there's a lot of things that Kyle Shanahan wants to do that Garoppolo cannot do consistently, right? We're talking about a guy that threw 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions last year. We're talking about a guy whose best year was 13 picks, but it also was 27, career-high 27 interceptions. No no one transitions better from wanting to kill him on the sideline to pretending they're okay post-game press conference. Yeah, like he does. The very, yeah, because he didn't have <laughs> options. So, like, I, I don't think there is the standard of – perfection that Trey Lance has to reach in order to be good enough for Kyle Shanahan. Not replacing Brady or Mahomes here. He's not. And that's not who's looking over his shoulder. And that's what I keep going back to. I think the reason ultimately we end up with Trey as the starting quarterback, even if Garoppolo's around, is Kyle Shanahan has played this game. And we could argue time and time again, but it's gotten him to the Super Bowl and it's gotten him to the NFC Championship game. Yes. But it almost hasn't gotten him there many other times as well along the way. And he hasn't ultimately won the championship. And the teams that have won in that stretch that he had a shot was Patrick Mahomes' team and Matthew Stafford's team. And, you know, whether or not – it's easy to say to buy the exercise bike, you still got to get on it. It's easy to say, like, all right, I'm going to get the quarterback who can do things that I can't control. You still have to ultimately take him off the leash and let him do his thing, right? But – we are not talking about a guy that is replacing perfection. Jimmy Garoppolo is no Alex Smith. He's closer to Carson Wentz than he is to Alex, right? Not in physical traits, but in play style. Yeah. So this idea that Trey, like Trey does not have to be, I don't, I, Trey throws a couple picks, whatever. I, I think it's, I think what's going to matter to Kyle is, is he seeing it? Where, why is he, why does he throw an interception? Cause he takes a chance. Okay. I can live with that. Right. Because I might get more interceptions, but I like if Trey Lance throws 12 picks this year, is he going to throw 20 touchdowns or is he going to throw 28 touchdowns? Yeah. I, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but what is going to happen is in last year, it, it happened for a second, but Kyle really just slowed it down pretty fast in terms of his words, in terms of the hype train, Kyle was good at that. I, I give him, because again, he's a, he's a 68-year-old coaching mind, 
and style in a 42-year-old skinny body. So it's just, he's this conundrum. Like, really, Sean McVay feels young. Like, Sean McVay feels like our age, and he wants to throw the ball live. I prefer my young people to feel old, by the way. (laughs) No, me too. Uh, Kyle is more my style. Even though if I had to go to Scottsdale for the weekend, I'd probably go with with Sean. Yeah. But the the plays that go poorly are going to be magnified, and there's not Jimmy around to compare them to. So it'll be interesting if, again, it's just the offseason activities – but if it were to get weird, and I think you would agree, there is possibility if it if it looks pretty clunky out there for it to get weird. And here's the other thing I was thinking when you were talking. The other thing, yeah, Kyle can scheme guys open. I bet he's telling, I don't know, he loves D'Amico Ryan. Throw the fucking kitchen sink at him. Throw it all. And D'Amico's good. Do what teams would do to him, right? Do what, do, what you, do what you do to people. Like, you guys get after his ass. And here's the thing. So half the teams in the league, defense sucks coordinator the fans will want that guy fired by september 25th the niners have a defensive coordinator who is under 40 who more than likely is going to be a head coach next year and it's pretty clear that the who niners brings the heat and have- crunch time by the way too yeah, but do you think vic fangio is there randomly or is like he is the i think vic fangio has almost been the niners defensive coordinator twice in the last it just hasn't it hasn't lined up with his availability and their needs but i one think thing i one thing vic i has a connection to this organization still his girlfriend, I guess, does live in Northern California. Is one connection like why he's just naturally out here? I just know talking to Niners people as you have that Vic is he's on their Vic is on the organizational shortlist, even without Shanahan's involvement. I think I think the organization values Vic Fangio as a as defensive coordinator. Yeah. So so when you get I'm not, and I'm not saying D'Amico's done enough to be Vic, but when you have a high level coordinator in your building in OTAs. I think it can really help improve the other side of the ball and or expose like, oh, this guy is just because you're dealing. This is not about physicality, right? They're, they're not tackling. They're not. I, I think they've even hesitated around the league of how physical they are with the lines, because I think sometimes we've all been to even if you're just listening to this, you've seen enough like film over the years of like things going viral. It's kind of weird with no pads on the pass rush in the O line, like kind of a w- unfair situation for everybody. That's why, like you said, I think last week, like you can't even ju- run plays, like they, they don't have pads on, like what? So, but the passing game, which I think is Trey, the the least of my worries would be Trey in the running game, handing plays off in Kyle's offense, right? The passing game is where he's going to either have to be credible or uncredible or fixable and improvable. And I think we're going to have a feel like I'm interested on a most basic level. Like I'm not Bill Walsh. I can't, the footwork, unless he's like tripping it it all, it happens so fast. And I don't have, we don't have the all 22, like the team does after practice to me, the, is the loopy release still exactly the same? Is he quick, quicker than it felt like he was last year? Cause to me, you just get quicker. The more decisive you are, how do you get more decisive? You just understand it. Remember, that was a big part of the conversation last year. You and I arrived at like, if he makes quicker decisions, you can live with that release. Cause I mean, if you watch Josh Allen, he does have a loopier release. He just sees it and lets it rip. And what is, what do offensive coaches have been saying forever? Let it rip. And what do they mean? When you see it, you got to go with it. This is not, and this goes back to the way like the Dilfers and the youngs talk about those small windows. Like the difference between like a college quarterback and the NFL quarterback is how much smaller the window is. And I think like Brady would be like, well, the windows used to be way smaller like 10 years ago. They're actually bigger now. But relative to college and what he's used to North Dakota State, they're still relatively small. 
and to me, it's over the next month, like guys are flying around. You know, the linebackers for the 49ers are buzzing around the intermediate short area of the field mm-hmm. where it's just a safe place for the quarterback. Because if I remember correctly, some of tr- uh, Jimmy's five pick sixes, a couple were to Fred. And that's I kind of like having really sweet linebackers because when all else fails, like Trey's just going to look to dump it to a tight end or a running back, and those fucking guys are flying around. Yeah. And whose baby is that? Well, that's the defensive coordinator's baby because he's a star middle linebacker. Right. So that's green dot. I kind of I kind of like that test. I, but I'm telling you, guy, I think the bad stuff is going to feel big on the internet the way we talk about it more than like we've seen him make good plays. And I, I think the hype is going to feel unfounded because it doesn't mean anything. Where the bad is like, oh, this is Jimmy Garoppolo all over again. But but that is, uh, yeah. But that is where I think a the context matters. What what happened on the play? Right. Is he taking a chance? And Kyle's like, hey, man, just go with your first read next time. Stop fucking around trying to hit the home run. That's a different coaching point than you. Did you not see what was going on there? Yeah. Or balls flying way over guys' heads. It's like, is this guy accurate enough? But again, you've we've lived through that. But I, I'd say if, if Trey's an inaccurate quarterback, we got a major problem because Kyle's inaccuracy is not something he lived. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Jimmy was on a day to day basis was a 68 percent right? passer last year. Even though we rightfully, I think, saw a lot of inaccuracy from Garoppolo, he was at the end of the day a upper echelon pass completer relative Guy, to the crew. Right now, short and intermediate, where ultimately the Niners like are gonna live besides some deep bombs that ultimately Trey is he's not gonna be. I mean, if you're 50 50 on those, you're in good shape. Are we sure that this year Trey Lance would be as accurate as Jimmy on the short and intermediate stuff? Well, no. I mean, speaking of throws to Kyle Juszczyk. Well, I mean, he's the first throw he made. Now the first of his life, career, basically. But Cody on the stream says, most QB coaches I've listened to don't seem to be concerned with changing the player's arm motion. They are much more focused on going on uh, what's going on with their feet. I, I would say I agree with that, Cody. I think most QB coaches I've heard talk, and certainly Kyle Shanahan, they care way more about the footwork than... You know, the arm motion feels like the feet meshed up with the eyes and the timing of the play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because if your feet are behind on because you have to be on the same wavelength. If Brandon Ayuk has a route where the ball has to be there when he hits a certain met point and you're supposed to get rid of it at a certain point in your drop and everything's off. This is the high. I mean, this is the highest level of the game. Right. It's why, honestly, football has an element that just the other sports don't because there's this element to every play and especially intricate offenses that one thing Jimmy did have is an understanding of all that shit, whether it it didn't always work because he maybe wasn't talented enough or his physical limitations, but it did feel like he had honed in on that. And it'd be unfair to think that Trey would have that. You're, you're one as a starter. You can't, but I'll never forget the combine a couple years ago, Sean McDermott about Josh Allen, who had just had the best year of his career. It was year two. But everyone was like, he's just still really inaccurate down the field. And Sean was like, well, we, we're we going to add – they hadn't added quote-unquote digs yet, but he was basically saying, we're going to add something for him. And we just think his natural progression as a guy who works hard at this, who we're going to coach the shit out of, is just going to continue to improve. We're confident in our abilities to coach him, his abilities to work with it, and it to just keep the trajectory to keep moving up. You don't always go from like – the second step of the ladder to the eighth. And that again, goes back to what I'm saying can just be a very, very intense when you're living in the moment. Like, why is he can't do this? 
and it can feel really big on negative stuff. I think the negative stuff, not with, I'm not even talking with Kyle. I'm talking the outside. Then the players are going to talk about it. And Kyle might try to, you know, quiet it at all, but it just has a chance to get out of kilter. If like, there's just some random bad place. Cause it happened to, it would happen to Jimmy. It would. And he would always, there was no one there to take his job. There was no one there to take Garoppolo's job. I would always just be like, yeah, we'll, we'll just fucking keep going. We're fine. Austin says, I also think we need to discuss how weird Kyle's play calling was with Trey. It was not normal offensive play and led to a lot of three and outs. I think that's the other reason he's very he's got to be committed to to Trey, and I think he will be, um, is because it is different for Kyle, right? It, it is this is an adjustment for Shanahan. Do you know how many rushing touchdowns Josh Allen has in his career? Four years in the NFL. I he remember we thrown, talked about this last year a lot. Yeah. He's thrown 101, 103, 103 passing touchdowns for Josh Allen. Josh Allen rushing touchdowns, 31. So basically almost a quarter, 103 plus 31 divided by 31 divided by 134. It's probably like, you know, it's almost a quarter of his total touchdowns accounted for are touchdowns he ran in. I think they want to get away from that now that he's really expensive because they drafted a Georgia running back in the second round. They don't want him to always be the running back. No, because if his, you watch them play the last three years, pretty it's 109 attempts, 102 attempts, 122 attempts. But if you watch them, they do run some quarterback power. It does also feel like some of this him just taking off because he's a pretty elite. He he's faster than Trey. I know there are times. I don't even think Trey actually ran, but like I watched the two of them go. Like I'm taking Josh in a race with the pads yeah. on. Yeah. Well, but my point in that, going back to Austin's question, is I don't think we've seen comfortable Trey Lance running an offense in terms of actually running the football. And um, I think that's got to be part of Kyle's rhythm for him is what kind of run attempts is he getting out of Trey Lance? Cause I don't think we didn't see comfortable. Run Do you remember attempts. last year, definitely training camp, but maybe in the OTAs too, it felt all they were doing was like the 2009, like Kaepernick offense. It was just like running him up the middle. It was like, what is this? I, I would get away from that during this period and we would be throwing. Yeah, I we would just be throwing to just try to see where we're at. Like what what am I getting out of him running against tapping them on the on the hip? Well, nothing like, because I watched him during the season. It didn't serve any purpose other than I guess training the you know, the actual blocking portion of it, right? I, I but I'm with you. It's gonna be very that's an element that's gonna be very, very fascinating is the quote unquote scheme. And just like, or are they just, yeah, you just shotgun three, four wide and letting him rip it. Or it's like, yeah, he's still kind of in the, uh, the zone read looks and him kind of give or take and then run quick RPO type stuff. Which and does, does Kyle have any sense of do. rhythm? Does Kyle have any rhythm with it? I'm telling you, I, I think it's going to be really intense for Trey just yeah. because the, 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 everyone is just Kyle, us. I, here's a sneaky part and they're going to do a good job because they got good, the team. <laughs> Like if you're Meaning Fred, what? Like, like Fred George, all these. I, I'm trying to fucking win a Super Bowl oh, right yeah. now. Well, Fred, we, Fred, remember Fred said he looked great in practice last year. Was that to earn a bonus or? Yeah, I mean, pretty easy to say when you know you're. Uh, well, you de- remember he was going to be the starting quarterback as the Texans. That's right. Uh, John, before we go on, let's tell the people about. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sound effect. Hello, Shopify. Shopify.com slash. Ham, shopify.com slash ham. Well, right now, when you go to shopify.com slash ham, 
and ham is all lowercase, by the way, H-A-M, all lowercase, you get free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Yep, guys, Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. They're letting in the little guy. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can all sell everywhere. Synchronized online and in-person sales and effortlessly, can't even speak, Mm -hmm. effortlessly, effortlessly, (laughs) effortlessly. That word of all words, you know, should be without effort. (laughs) Sometimes some of these words can get a little tricky, guy. Research customers online, across social networks, and ever-growing, sweet-changing integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more synchronized your online and in-person sales guy increase those sales you entrepreneurs plus you can gain insights as you grow so you get detailed reporting of conversion rates profit margins and much more uh shopify is more than a store so you're connecting with customers you're managing your day-to-day you're driving sales you're instantly accepting all major payment methods there's thousands of integrations and third-party apps like uh, on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots and much, much more. So supercharge your knowledge. Discover the endless possibilities. Discover inspiration. Shopify believes in liberating commerce for all because entrepreneurship has the power to drive communities forward and commerce can be a force for good. So go to shopify.com slash ham, all lowercase, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today at shopify.com slash ham, all lowercase at shopify.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you... Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You ever do that and try to grow when you're young, like stretch? Stretch your body out, hang from a doorway with your from your wrists or something? Doesn't work. Yeah. The I remember blood, getting mad at my bar, parents. The like, blood I, bar in the doorway? Yeah, I'm short because you guys let me drink Pepsi. Remember, because caffeine. Caffeine, like, coffee, growth. yeah. Yeah, that really had a problem with our growth. <laughs> Without caffeine at 14, I, you know, I would have been 6'4". Oh, man. You could have been a starting wing. A lot, of, a lot of sodas rolling around in our day that I don't think are rolling around quite like they used to be. I, I'm with you. Anytime anybody, we've talked about this. Anytime anybody had a but the caffeine, like it, I wouldn't be drinking soda anymore. I'd be drinking monsters or something. Right. You know, so it's like the caffeine's still in there, just a taste different. And those are Once, big cans too, right? Huge. The monster can. Like in our day, in our day, it was a can. Although well, my you, parents would buy the liter, so you would go at it. Well, did you see that uh, someone took a picture? of Southern Hills, the the beer prices for this weekend in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was pretty outrageous prices. Like it was I saw it was $108 you know, for a six pack of Michelob Ultra. Yeah, it was it was $18 for one Michelob Ultra. And you know, Kepka is one of their big guys. And they asked him today what his thoughts were on the prices. And the the the, the shitty part about having to answer that question, you know, he's a brand ambassador or whatever. Michelob Ultra is not setting those prices, right? The tournament is. Michelob Ultra sold them the PGA. Yeah, hell, they could have gone to Safeway and bought an unlimited amount of twelve packs and the Crystal Geyser, twelve dollars yeah. a bottle. Exactly. And his point was, well, it is a tall boy, so it's not. You know, you're not getting. True. You are getting twenty four ounces. I'm like, yeah, you just does a good point. It's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, did you want to talk about this Peter King today, or? or uh, yeah, I mean, I push that to another. I'm day. A, yeah, I'm just a little like I there's the Jimmy, the Trey stuff. There's nothing like it starts next week or whenever they're on the field. You know what? And Jim, Jimmy ain't going to be around. So it's like we got a month, like all this stuff. It, it's just on Trey now. Let me the Jimmy stuff's me, not going away. Unreli- let me I'm going to bring it up, but not in that context. It doesn't have nothing to do with OTAs. Let me ask you this question. OK, and here's where it comes from. Akash tweeted this quote from Peter King on on the herd on Avarathan, by the way. Unless somebody gives the Niners a decent offer, I will not be surprised if they do the same thing this year with one exception. I do think that unless he is simply not ready to play, I do think the opening day starter will be Trey Lance. Okay. So what he's talking, what he said, the way I interpret that, is this the way you interpret that? When he says they'll do the same thing this year, is like Jimmy and Trey will be on the roster, except this time Trey is the starter. Is that how you interpret what Peter's saying? Jimmy, Jimmy's just sitting there with a hat on the sideline? Yeah. Right. But that's how you interppret what he's saying, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's a major variable there. They're going to have a $27 million backup. So here's my question. If you're the 49ers and you say to Jimmy Garoppolo, 
let's we will we are not going to cut you, which is what you want. You played this game and then Deshaun became available and Matt Ryan went to the Colts and you got stuck with that surgery. So we're not going to cut I'm, you. I'm, I'm, really quick, uh, just on that point specifically, I'm a little bothered by their take about like hit us out of uh, out of nowhere with his shoulder. Guys, he was fucking hurt. Like it, whether the timing of the surgery, he was getting it like you would have traded him, then he would have got it. Like he was injured. It's not like to me, if the injury, like we didn't even know the guy was injured, that would have been weird. Like I, I, I do support Jimmy of like he get the surgery whenever he wants. <laughs> you know, he he was literally injured multiple spots. So this the surgery really threw off the value. You mean the three injuries he had when the season ended? That everyone I don't know what had a physical the moment he was traded. Maybe a trade would have gone, but like the NBA, it happens sometimes. Well, then if I'm the football team and I just trade you a third round pick, and Jimmy shows up, it's like, well, he has to get surgery. I, I'm I'm giving him back to you or taking away less. Like what? What? I I think that's a little bullshit on the Niners. Yeah, it's their way of saying we had a good plan and then he screwed it up. That's what they're saying. And I think the counter would be, yeah, sometimes guys get hurt and need surgery, and that's the risk well, you run when it happens you, all the time when you go with a plan, right? That doesn't. Drew Brees involve... is still getting surgery three years later. Drew Brees got surgery two weeks ago. <laughs> so Ed Werder said Drew. Anyway, here's the question though. If you're the Niners and you offer Jimmy Garoppolo a contract at a reduced rate, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, what's the lowest number you would take from the 49ers? Well, I mean, they do have him by the balls a little bit because I don't think there's that much money out there. Because I think if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, there is a contract I would take from the 49ers. Probably around 10. Uh, no lower. I mean, I was thinking about 14. Because here's the thing. But a guy who's who's giving him 12. Right. Maybe nobody will. But my point is, I absolutely would consider a pay cut to stay on the 49ers if I were Jimmy Garoppolo. For two reasons. Give One, my job back. <laughs> yeah, I might get, yeah. The guy might get hurt. He got hurt last year. One. Two, maybe I just replace him. So I think that's very real if you're Jimmy, that you would accept a pay cut. And then the Niners don't have a $27 million backup. They got a $13 million backup, and that's pretty palatable, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing. I think it's all on the table. I mean, I, I I by no means, I don't see Jimmy on another team unless there's that weird Darnold Something happens thing. to somebody or yeah. something happens to somebody. And even that, I, I think that would be a little complicated given the cap. He might even have to restructure his contract to facilitate a trade. And by that point in time, what if Kyle's like, yeah, I'm not even want to give him up. <laughs> right? Yeah, who knows? What Trey's up to by that. So just something to chew on. Yeah, I I don't think Peter's wrong or anything. I just think that like there's just there's an information gap that we're gonna learn some fill in. Like there's a blank spot right now in this whole thing, and Trey gets to fill it in a little bit over the next month. Like it is his team. He's taking all the reps. Jimmy's nowhere to be found. I'm not disputing. Like it's it's not just a real. St- if they come back to training camp and they're both here, I I'd say wouldn't you agree? It's one of the bigger stories immediately in the NFL. It is, but there's also a world where Trey Lance is just the starting quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo becomes a 13 million dollar backup quarterback for the 49ers, right? Because I do. Well, that's where I go back we'll to see, John Lynch. Like let's take him at face value when he says we're not just going to give him away for nothing. What he's saying is he, we're willing to make him our backup. Now, maybe he's bluffing, but it's not like there's some bidding going on right now that he's bluffing towards. 
There's, I think it's more just the facts are on the side of like he's just telling the truth because yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, he's not trying to like get the Colts to offer more than the Panthers. Well, I, think I, think, I think it's I think it's a double whammy. The facts are on his side a little bit uh, in terms of the nowhere for him to go, and it's like yeah, they're just they got to see a little bit more out of the kid. Yeah, you know? yeah. They, these guys aren't trying to like. Well, I keep saying this about the next five years. They do not think like that. I mean, they do the way they draft players and big picture stuff, but like Kyle cares about 22 and making the playoffs in 22. Yes. I do think he probably understands that at some point for 23 and 24 and 25, the kids got to play. Right. And he went all in on him. He drafted him. Yeah. But I think he could easily justify it and then like, well, it's COVID year with that one year last year, we were just Jimmy started. And even this year, two years, red shirt. And then next year, yeah, it'd be pretty crazy. Two years redshirt in this day and age, it would be. I, I, that's what, what I'm my, saying. If Jimmy comes to camp and he's taking reps, even if it starts with the twos, like that's immediately a crazy story. Like, who's to say that Trey's just better than this guy right now? Are they just rigging the game? Which is fine. Well, they rigged it last year for Jimmy. For Jimmy, it was a rigged. But remember, game as time went on, they were like, it was pretty clear to like the coaches and the players that Jimmy yes. was better. That yes, but part of that was. That's where I get back. The players are sneaky judging you too. So when, you know, we've heard this comment over the years, just different teams, every sport, you never want to lose the locker room. So that I, I think Jimmy had the locker room last year because they trusted him the most. What if he's still around and they still trust him more because they don't think Trey has it yet? Yeah. Well, it could be you look forward three years from now and they draft Trey Lance is not a good enough player. Right. Which I think there are some people who think that's a possibility. Which well, it's you always just a possibility. It's outside yeah. of Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. It's a possibility for is Trevor Lawrence. No, Can't there's miss? no guarantee. No. You see, I saw a headline yesterday from Doug Peterson. He's like, I, I realized this franchise needs to heal. It's like after Urban, like we just he's basically saying, like, we're easing into this. Like it was these guys are scarred from what does that mean like, for how Doug runs an operation exactly? You think? I just think being more, kind more of team easier. lunches. Yeah, just Less yelling. I, I, no I would imagine the stories that were coming out there probably aren't even crazy enough from what some people probably personally experienced. I think people are kind of like on their toes. Yeah, know? he just like, got to show love. If you're like Levishka, you're like, whoa, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but even I, I, he might just everybody be Everybody loves him. What about just his quarterback? Like that guy, his first year in the league, like he's already kind of shook. Yeah, it's. Um... I bet people in the organization are a little rattled about the quarterback. Like he, because everyone told us he was Peyton Manning too, like that much of a sure thing. I do think the league, I remember reading a Sando article. They're like, yeah, we, I don't think anything. I give him a complete pass, but sometimes you give a guy a complete pass. There was a little something there. Trevor Lawrence stats weren't good. Yeah. I remember watching him just thinking like he is an NFL athlete though. Like athletically he can hang in the NFL. Would Kyle right now trade Trey Lance straight up for Trevor Lawrence? I think so. I think most teams would probably trade their quarterback for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Don't you? Kyle would for sure. Now, like the Jets, the Trevor? Jets would, the Dolphins would. Yeah. Would the Eagles Bears would? Bears would, yeah. Would the Cardinals? Uh yeah, because you just get to start over quiet. Yeah. Under contract. Would Balky do that? A Kyler like for Trevor Lawrence. Balky doesn't. Does Balky like small players though? No, like I, I probably wouldn't. Humans. Yeah, it's true. I bet his big board was like the 
the walk it was basically between Walker and 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 Jordan Davis. It's like, yeah, I'll just take two of the bigger guys in the draft and just go from there. Uh, if Vic Fangio uh, was around, would they trade the defense to a three four? We were texting about this the other day, actually. You thought maybe Vic is just out there learning the four three just in case. I would imagine if you just got Vic on the board before he's ever like been around D'Amico Ryan's, he could scheme the four three like on the board. Now mm-hmm. I know people that have like been his spotter in the box. And are like, I don't think you quite realize this guy's a genius with his defense. And cl- players have talked like that forever, right? People that have coordinated against him talk like his, he knows his defense like, you know, I, you can't know the defense any better and the ability to coach it. But I do wonder as the game changes, th- the game spreads out, 3-4 becomes a little less powerful. You run so many like four down situations and passing downs. Could he just kind of run a hybrid? But you don't hire Vic Fangio to do something else if he doesn't want to do that. And I just wonder if he's just trying to learn. Like, Vic's just an academic football guy. Well, it's funny. Like, with offensive coaches all the time, we just talk about them like they just adapt to players. I don't know that we talk about defensive coordinators the same way that we talk about offensive coordinators, right? But I saw the Athletic tweet out something about Saban. Like, half his interviews aren't even necessarily to hire the guy. He just likes what they do schematically. And he interviews the guy, and he jots notes, and then he never calls the guy again. I remember, you remember Danny Gonzalez, who's the coach at New Mexico now, but he was Herm Edwards' defensive coordinator after he was Rocky Long's DC at San Diego State. Isn't he supposed to be pretty legit? Yeah, I I, I really like him. I think he's a really impressive guy. Um, but his story was he interviewed with Herm. San Diego State was going to play ASU week one. So he's like, I'm not going to like break the whole thing down for you. Like, I want this job, but I'm not going to tell you everything we do and you don't give me the job, and then you have, like, my blueprints for our week one game. He told them that in the interview. In the interview, yeah. Because, you know, their defense is pretty complicated. The, the Rocky, Long, Rocky Long crazy-ass defense. Yeah. yeah. Amoeba, whatever, just sending pressure from all over the place. Well, doesn't he have, like, at any moment, can have, like, eight DB linebacker-type guys kind of running around all over yeah, the place? Yeah, but, but all their position names are, like, Jack Hammer. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, Anvil. Oh, he's playing the Anvil position for us. Um, you know, all these teams, the bandit, they got all those. I could see, I could see if Danny Gonzalez gets New Mexico a good season, having a Pac 12 job. Yeah, I mean, how old is he? Not that old, 40. Early, yeah, early 40s, maybe. Uh, he from New Mexico, played at New Mexico, he's an oh, alum, he which is the one, but you know, at a certain point, money talks, yeah, and opportunity too. It's the game, the game's changing, so um. I don't know. Yeah, I'm Elliot. Mike Zimmer's smart as hell, but he's a jackass. That's why he isn't in the league. Niners. I don't don't know. I don't know. But the Niners practice with the Vikings this year. Maybe that that's what it's about. (laughs) Niners. Niners go to what did I tell you? Niners go to Minnesota and uh, Green Bay. No, they host Green Bay. Chargers. No. Texans. Texans. Yeah, I think it's Texans. That's a lot of preseason travel. Luckily, you got two weeks off before the season, but which, by the way, but, but you, Mike Zimmer's a jackass. I, I do think defensive guys in general, like I, I bet if you're around Fangio as a player, you wouldn't be like, yeah, he's Mr. Happy Go Lucky. <laughs> he's not. I, I, I mean, I used to go to practice with Fangio. I wouldn't say he's Mr. Smiley, right? You think I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's had a lot of casual one on one conversations? Yeah. Like I mean, I, I would say in, in my experience around the NFL, Robert Sala would be on the high, high end of positive, smiley defensive coaches. Like Del Rio, I thought was like kind of an 
not negative, but he was just more, he just felt like an NFL defensive guy. You know, they're not hugging, you know, it's just. Del Rio was very tied to the quarterback, as he liked to say, though. Yeah, because they go hand in hand, you know. Uh, Speaking of uh, the early season schedule, we got some clarification, John. So Georgia, Oregon is going to play ABC 1230 Pacific opening weekend. And um, it most people seem to think that Texas, Alabama is going to be the big noon kickoff game on Fox. These are the ABC games we're looking at here. But so opening Saturday, you got Texas, Texas, Alabama, probably big noon kickoff, which will be, er, you know, early that big noon Eastern time. Nine, nine right? o'clock for us. Yeah. Then you'll have a 1230 Georgia, Oregon. Then you've got 430 Dude, Pacific, we're, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I mean, what would you imagine the spread is Texas, Alabama? 14 points? I mean, some of the spreads are out. Uh, I think this, George, yeah, 14. But I'm just saying, do people think Texas, I mean, again, it looks good on all these deals, but they did go five and seven, and they're now I would imagine they improved, but Alabama's rolling some dudes back. Like, I could see Will Anderson fucking destroy Sarkeesian. I would not be shocked if Alabama wins that game like 40 to 10. Yeah, one thing is people were talking like big noon in Texas. It's going to be hot as balls. Oh, I see. I remember you said that was the first time they play out of conference. So you're right. So Since 2011. Uh, line is looks like looks like 10, huh? Feels like, I mean, I think there'll be some Alabama fans there. Yeah. A lot of seats, you know, 100,000, whatever it's going to be. Um, But look, look at that. So then we'll have Georgia, Oregon. Then Notre Dame, Ohio State is also that day. That'll be Herbie, probably. Well, I mean, it, it will be. Marcus Freeman, the new coach of Notre Dame, is Ohio State alum. And then I'd forgotten about this, but we got a Sunday game, Florida State LSU. Because remember, that's the la- That's normally when the September fourth. I think that's normally when the last week of the NFL preseason would be, right? No, because the, no, what happens in the preseason? Remember, the last week they they go Thursday only. And they with that week four, they did it forever. And it was like no one cared. You know, they play that weekend. Yeah. And then basically college football would be like own the next four or five days. And because then they, there's usually a Monday fun. game too, right? Monday night college game. Well, is that Wisconsin, Ohio State? No, that's several uh, September. But, uh, but I bet there is because last year it was uh, Louisville, Ole Miss, and it was kind of Macarral's coming out party. And they're right. like, oh, damn, Macarral might and Lane. It kind of built the momentum. I, I bet it might not be as explosive as this. Because they realize, like, hey guys, you could just throw in Mississippi State versus so people are gonna watch. But this is for Brian- I remember growing up, it used to be the Monday night game was a lot of times the U versus Florida State. That's how they'd open up college football. It happened a couple times, and yeah, I always yeah. felt pretty sweet. Yeah. This is so we get Marcus Freeman Notre Dame Saturday night and Brian Kelly LSU Sunday night, because that'll be a four thirty Pacific game. I think Brian Kelly and they're gonna be pretty good. I'd be shocked if they're not pretty competitive. I just think he's going to kill him. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to be a hater. Saban people, people have probably thought that I'm a Sark hater. I, I'm not. Uh, know people that know him, like him a lot. I'm sure you know people that know him. People like the guy. Yeah. But like, as just an in in a vacuum, I say the same thing about Cliff. Like in a vacuum, his resume speaks for itself. It sucks, given what he's been given. Now he's. You know, he earned the Washington job. He was a huge name. That was that did not go well relative to the hype and the players he was getting. The U.S. thing was a disaster. He did resurrect his career after the lows. I don't know if being intoxicated on the job like nine in the morning, which 
I'm sure he's not the first coach to have that happen to, but it did happen and he got fucking fired. And then to get the Texas job, it's like, okay, maybe he's changed. He Matt Ryan helped him out. He went to Saban. Watch his first year was he lost to Kansas. I mean, I, I, I honestly have Kansas is back, John. I've been trying to tell you this. Lance Leipold, the Jayhawks are not to be trifled with. They are I not at the bottom of college football any longer. Well, we'll I mean see. That. I mean, I, who are they beating in the Big 12? Uh, they beat Didn't they beat TCU or something else after that game? Uh, no. I just I just don't take Sark seriously at all. As, as a football coach, I just don't. like. Jordan Addison be... visited last week. Texas? Over the weekend, yeah. Or no, he actually visited Texas at the end of last week and visited Alabama over the weekend. So maybe it's a little harder for Lincoln to land this kid, huh? Big dog starts sniffing around. You Lost to Nick. TCU 31-28. Kansas. That's not a win. At, no, you're no. right there, Morgan. Lost by, and then the next week, lost by a score to West Virginia. I'm telling you, Kansas is not just a walkover. He's Walk- the guy from North Dakota State? No, he's from Buffalo, maybe? Buffalo. North Dakota State guy, I think, went to Wyoming. Yeah, Craig Bull. Yeah. I feel like I'd be sniffing around the North Dakota State guy now. Uh, Matt, um, what's I think he took over. Did he take Matt, over Bull? Yeah, it's like pet pets or puts or something like that. I'm sorry. I don't have it in front of me, but anyway. Yeah, trust me. No one listening has ever heard of the guy. <laughs> we like to be locked in. Uh, John, how about this? Uh, on the uh, stream, Harrowing Wisdom says, Barstool said Pat Bev has a blank check for a podcast with them. Well, think about this. I saw Matt Barnes say Up in that, smoke. That, that Beverly crossed the line. Yeah. And I'm going to call complete bullshit on that. He made the line. His name, so many times now, like LeBron, he owns all of ESPN, right? They have a bunch of those guys. They represent them. Those guys speak through him. But he never has to put his name on it. It happens a lot with NFL coaches, right? And things that leak for GMs. Like they leak crazy articles about other people. Like, you know, when people get fired or whatever, but they never put their name on it. Like that's, that to me is kind of being, you got to do what you got to do, but like you're being a pussy. Pat, there's no one guessing where Pat Bev's opinions came from, right? Pat Beverly saying it. Like it's Pat Beverly is saying, he's putting his name on it. That's just talking shit is saying what you believe. Cross it. He crossed like that's his line. Like there's no, there's no line to be, you can say he's right or wrong, but like, I I would say this, like JJ Reddick never says anything critical about anyone. Like he just, he toes the line on, cause he just played, he's still in the league, maybe retired now, but like Pat Beverly is in the league. I would argue that I was thinking about this when I saw Pat Beverly going on just his tirade. It's kind of unheard of. Like, I mean, he's a starter on a playoff team to just be doing, like gives zero fucks. Now, Listen, does he have a vendetta? He was in the trade package for Chris Paul. So I don't know if he views like I got traded, like Chris Paul for me straight up. That's not what happened, but he did leave a really good team. He was with Harden, got traded to the Clippers in the Chris Paul trade. So maybe just part of that, he hates him. But I appreciate a guy like if you're going to willing to put Draymond does it all the time. If you're willing to put your name on it, like whenever we talk, there's no we say what we say. Like you just say what you say. You're right. You're wrong. Whatever. Like talking about the guy's family. He's talking about him as a player. Yeah. I the the one the one part I agree with you. 
the one part where I understand where Matt Barnes is coming from is he's saying you're not actually you're not giving uh, uh, honest analysis. You're just talking shit. And you know how to like Pat Bev is a great shit talker, obviously. And it's part of his game, an effective part of his game. He's like he out he backs it up with the way he plays. Right. So Pat Beverly is not some bystander. But I understand Barnes's point is like you're not giving honest analysis of Chris. You are using this platform to talk shit about him in a way that's not honest. Like this is what like because you call him CP Cone or whatever <laughs> or Cone P3 or whatever he called him, like a defensive cone. Chris was a however many time Barnes said it, right? Like seven time all defensive player, blah 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 blah. Traffic cone. So like, I do understand that. Well, his point is you are not saying what you think to be true. You are saying what you know is going to piss him off because he can't come back at you in this spot. Now, the one thing I don't agree with with Matt is like once you become an analyst, it's not about how good of a player you were, right? Like once you become an analyst, you're allowed to say, I think Chris Paul didn't play well enough, even if you could never play as well as Chris Paul. It's the same argument that people make about you didn't play. You're not allowed to analyze. It's the same as saying that's the same as saying you weren't a good enough player to talk shit. You could only criticize players that were better than you. But I do think Matt's because Matt, a lot of people are saying that, right? Pat Beverly ain't good. Well, enough that's what to Matt said. Yeah. yeah, but I do think probably the heart of Matt's issue is like I don't think your analysis is authentic analysis. I think you're just talking shit. Well, here's what which Matt, again more entertaining. But here's the thing: ESPN didn't hire a retired Pat Beverly who wants to be an NBA analyst. He's literally a player right now for a playoff team. They're like, hey, you want to come in? We know right. you'll talk some shit. He's like, yeah, I talk shit on the court. I'm going to keep talking shit here. He was brought there to give his shit-talking opinions. No different than Draymond and Charles. They know those guys. Well, Matt, he signed he, up before he knew the Suns lost game seven. Yeah, no one's asking him to talk about the pick and roll. And here, you know what? I actually think Pat Beverly, whether you like Chris or don't like Chris, that's the way fans talk. <laughs> you know, the way Matt, some of these players, especially NBA players, NFL players, I guess, do this sometimes too. I haven't watched NFL Network in five years, so I couldn't tell you even how they talk. And I, you couldn't pay me to watch NFL Live. But they just are so – they would never criticize anyone they're kind of close to in their era. It gets easier, like, you know, as you're a player, you get a little older. You're like 47. It's like you can talk about the 22 year old guy because you don't know them. Yeah. yeah. But, like, Pat Beverly is literally in the league with these dudes and giving his opinions, raw and real, something that we never get. It's why I don't – I think most players – snooze fest you couldn't pay me to listen to any of the shit they have to say because they will never say anything but i know for a fact i've been around enough of them and i just know we're all humans if i got them in their room with their boys they talk like pat bev about whoever their guys are and jj i'm sure has guys that he talks like that matt barnes made his career on kind of being wouldn't you say if you close your eyes they're obviously different sizes or whatever but like matt barnes and pat beverly are similar type nba personalities right and you, you think he just would be friendly to everybody? I bet he likes Chris. So he's supporting Chris. Well, yeah. And a yeah. lot of these guys like Chris. Pat Beverly, for whatever reason, hates Chris. And I appreciate him just talking mad shit. I found I, that. I do too, enjoyable. but I don't think, I do too. But I don't think Matt, I think from, I understand where Matt's coming from. Because he's like, you're not, you're using this to settle a personal vendetta. And that's not honest assessment of Chris Paul's play. Chris Paul, here's a reality about the National Basketball Association. <laughs> No one gives a shit anymore about like scoring a bunch of points in December or January, like individually. Like, it's cool. Like, we, no one that's impressive scoring 45 points. James Harden and now Chris Paul have historic flops in the playoffs. One time they did it together, 
but separately they have just some all-timers, all-timers. And in a league where great individuals in the history of our life make shit happen. And I would say the best player that for whatever reason couldn't was Charles. And he's a pretty, I'd even put him as an outlier, but even he wears it. He's like, listen, I didn't get it done, but like, you're allowed to like kind of crush those guys. James is worse than Chris. I uh, yes, say. I mean Chris has been. Chris has had n- very, very little playoff success beside last year. I very. He had never been to the conference championship game before he got with James, and then they blew it together. I understand. I don't watch. I didn't watch Chris Paul's career and think that's a losing player, though. No, no that's not what I'm saying. I, I think my issue with the guy is one, the flopping, and two, he kind of got anointed as like one of the greatest point guards of all time. It's like. The coach that just beat him. If you had to start a team from scratch, 22-year-old guy, would you rather have Chris Paul or Jason Kidd? Because I think he's widely talked about. He's better than Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd's a way better player. I don't think it's close. But Chris, here's Chris, a little bit like LeBron, had this powerful media narrative, point God, that was just created and just took off. It's like, he's not even the best point guard of his own generation. Like, he can't hold Steph's jock. But But he does get anointed, guy. And I think that pisses pisses me off. Yeah, I think a lot. I think like LeBron, all the some other stuff that comes with Chris is is a big part of the conversation. At least LeBron him. wins, though. Well, of course, you know? but LeBron is one of the greatest. Arguably, I I would take MJ, but LeBron is arguably the greatest player of all time. But Chris gets talked about like arguably is like the greatest point guard of all time, which I I don't. Anyone that has that conversation, I dismiss that conversation. And, and his in his antics, I I, I don't care. Whether you're Patrick Beverly or just like Greg Popovich, you have to admit they're embarrassing. Absolutely. Right? Well, I think he's easy to hate. My ultimate point with him is I don't – I have a respect whether – I have respect for guys that, that I think really do compete, and I think Chris Paul really does compete. But I, I'd never – And James, that. I would say, does not – Harden no. does not check that box. And I think it's I, part of the reason that, that Patrick Beverly has the animosity he has because I think there's just some real – like they've had real competition. I think it brings out some of that, which is good. It's all, I mean, he, like what Patrick, Patrick Beverly did is good for the league. Honestly, it'd be better for the league if the Suns were still in it somehow. But uh, you know, I, I would watch much more of that type content if they had Patrick Beverly's. Like, and when I use him as an example, current players that are willing to go on the camera or a podcast, I mean, it's why Draymond's having some success. And literally just say whatever they think. Because here's what we all know. They won't do it. They will not do it. Occasionally it happens in football with like a DB wide receiver. Right? Richard, remember, had his moment with Revis. It's very, very rare. Don't try me with a sorry-ass receiver. Or what? not yeah, sorry-ass receiver. What do you say about Crabtree? But remember the Revis thing with Skip Bayless? They had yeah, a moment. I do. Like, yes. But like, and that's why Richard separated from the pack. Because it was like, he would tell you what. He, you can't. These players won't do that anymore. So it's like. A lot of it is going to be a personal bias or whatever, but that's aren't we all humans with some personal biases? Like it, I, I actually found Patrick Beverly, his hatred toward another individual he competes against, very relatable. Agreed, I agree. But I, but this is where I differ. Where I also add, but I get where Ma- I don't think Matt Barnes was. I get what Matt's saying too, which is don't pretend you're an out. Anal- that's not analysis. People are going to take that as analysis, not analysis. Yeah, I mean it's, but I mean. I, I, are that many people taking it as analysis? We're like, this guy just hates this guy. Yeah, I mean, that could be. I guess my point is he used the thing like he crossed the line. There is no line to cross 
when you're talking about an individual player, and I'm just giving my opinion how much I can't stand him, and I think he's a fraud at like defense at this point because he was he was not saying historically he's not some great point guard. He's like right now he's a cone. Yeah, and we're going after his ass, right? And he's like our team, who's been in the playoffs now several years. We viewed him as a cone. Now, if Ty Lue came out and said that's not true, we we game planned against him. What well, what if what if that's true? What if they operated in their meetings thinking this guy can no longer move like he used to? Yeah. Because again, this is where I get back to it with sports. That is how these coaches talk, right? This guy's the mark now. We're going at that's how they're probably talking about Jordan Poole, Clay right now. He doesn't move anywhere. Let's go attack his ass. But if it, if Jason Kidd came out and said, we we're gonna attack Clay's ass, we don't it'd be like, oh my god, even though that's actually how they talk. I'm just so relieved when you just get the way people communicate. It's it's very refreshing in a day and age where you get mostly the opposite yeah. with, with in this form with athletes. Right. And I feel like Matt Barnes, like ten, five years ago, was kind of like that too. And now he's kind of gone corporate, you know? We said it on ESPN, not on this podcast. He was on ESPN, right? I'm just not the biggest Matt Barnes. I'm not even some Patrick Beverly guy. I just appreciate like just letting it rip and letting it fly. Cause you don't like you watch JJ who's getting a lot of credit and you and I've talked well, it's about easy it. To, it's easy to go at mad dog. You get a lot of credit for that one. Right. Yeah. He, when's he going after anybody in the league, in the league, I'll, I'll promise you it ain't fucking happening. But they've also set him up. I actually think it's been kind of genius on their part. They have set him up to put him in position to become like the truth teller, right. To be the guy that just goes at Stephen a, cause that's part of that. That's what that is designed for is to just yeah. argue. And um, I think it's been smart by them because he doesn't have to crush players. Stephen Ale crush players. Mad Dog will crush players. JJ can. Well, and that's my point. Like what Patrick Beverly did actually is commendable in the sense because he's putting himself out there. Now he would, he's like, I don't even care. And he doesn't, but like what JJ does, and I'm not, you know this, but like is the easy route. It's like, you know, when, when you're running these pin downs, you really got to do this. And Kevin Durant is great at it. And like, it's like, God, this guy's so smart. It's like, well, yeah, he's just kind of talking like a coach. Like, what's he really saying? Uh, and I'll be like, honest, what? I haven't watched a ton of it other than like clips that appear on my timeline. So I, I just know he's getting all this credit. Down. I don't think he's saying anything about anyone critically. Well, like, I've right. always. Stephen A's in the deep end. Yeah. Oh, he criticized Bob Cousy who they just named the Eastern Conference MVP award. After. Well, yeah, it, you know, he said, he also said, I don't give a shit about Wilt and all these. It's like, okay, JJ, it's like, and that's easy. All the but, but again, that was, like, again, I think part of it, some of that was disingenuous because that was about proving a point to Mad Dog. You know, that was about making a Mad Dog point, I think. And I'm actually on team Draymond's point in that individual argument, not on Mad Dog. And I actually have been a casual Mad Dog listener for years. And when I saw he was going to go on a first take, my first thought was like, yeah, I think he's going to, there are going to be some times when people fucking explode on him. And it happened immediately. Well, you know, him and Stephen A are playing by the same rules. Him and JJ are not. What do you mean? Well, him and Stephen A, like Stephen A gets what they're doing. Like Stephen A and Mad Dog have the same thing going. Yeah. Like, JJ thinks he's like changing the JJ, intellectual. Well, well I just uh, mean like J, JJ. JJ's there to cr to crush him. Whereas Steve, if you watch Steve and, a and Mad Dog, they kind of laugh when the other one kind of gets them backed into a corner. You know what I mean? It's just a game to them. It's yeah. just it's just a game of chess to them. Well, it's their and business they respect and the great. argument of it all, right? <laughs> like, oh man, that's a good point, but I can't allow him to ch make me change my opinion, right? 
Whereas with JJ, is not playing that game with them. No. I, I just, I appreciate any former player, immediately former, or guy still in the league, willing to tell his true opinion. JJ hates countless players. When I say hate, like, doesn't appreciate their game, thinks they're overrated, but he's, he would be careful about the name. He would, ne- they would, the guys in the top 30, let's just say like famous guys, there are going to be some guys that his opinion would not be very flattering. He would never give that on television, I don't think. And I think that's, and I'm not saying he's not an, he's not alone. Like the majority, if you hire a guy who freshly retired, they're going to be very careful about what they say. And they know when they really can pounce and they know if they're smart, when they can pounce and get a bunch of credit. I'm saying specifically for like a, a reaction to a game. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like, Oh yeah, but they're not actually like Stephen A gets himself in deep waters. Cause he goes all in on something that like, actually the fans are thinking when I say hot water, like Twitter, if not Twitter, even hot water, I mean, not even hot water, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like pushback. If yeah. Twitter's pushing back against you, you're resonating with real people. If Twitter is supporting you, then you're probably wrong. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I didn't think, I think Stephen A's Ben Simmons stuff was just, I, I don't need to decide what I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me what Twitter thinks versus real people. It was just an, a thing that people say, Ben Simmons soft, right? Ben Simmons. Now, then he got surgery. But Stephen A doesn't have to be right or wrong all the time. But in the moment, right after Jalen Rose kind of tiptoed around the whole thing, that was one that resonated. Stephen A during a game going, what is this guy doing? Where is he? I just think people are very hesitant now because in the media specifically because of Twitter of their words. And I, I'm not talking. Yeah, and, like- I, and I think it's probably, I think, I think by and large, most guys have probably always been that way publicly. Just I'm not ripping. It's just why? Why would I? Do I care enough? That's your job. Like what, no, no, they no, don't no. even do the role. Yeah, no, 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 no. But there's I a don't difference. Mean, like between, if you're in the league, but there's such a difference between being critical of a play and like doing what Patrick Beverly did, right? Like if you're a player who doesn't want to rip guys, you can still be critical of players without going to Patrick Beverly's, Beverly's level, which is why it's such a stand. It's it's such an extreme outlier. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm not saying... I, my guess he, is if we broke down JJ, JJ would be like, you know, he's got to be better than that. He made him... Like, I bet there is some criticism that doesn't feel anything like anything Patrick Beverly. Well, yeah, because even Patrick Beverly, one thing I saw Beverly say is they should have benched Chris. And, and and I saw JJ say, they're like, yeah, maybe that might have been a decent idea during the game. And obviously he played with Chris forever. I bet they're good friends, right? And that's part of my point is he's in a situation where he played with this guy for a long time. I, I've heard him say they're close, you know, it's just, it gets uncomfortable when you know people and you got to be critical of their game. But I, I also think that, like, I'm with you for who, for what, like, what are you thinking? But even if you don't want to, bl- you do, pe- that's how humans talk. And that's how all these guys talk, not on Patrick Beverly's level, but like, I don't think this guy's that good. But the guy would probably never say that, even though that's how he tells all of his friends, right? That, that's my point. Right. So it's it's kind of disingenuous because, that's how these athletes talk about their contemporaries and their competitors. Like, yeah, but we all, good. but everybody says things about somebody that you realize publicly. Top five broadcasters a, that you hate is in a, is inappropriate. Top five is easy. I can share that one, right? If you say, if you ask me the five guys that suck the most that I hate, right? That's a lot harder to say out loud. Now, part of it is where are you when you say it? Like, because it's kind of weird, right? If you're at the bottom then it feels bitter. If you're at the top, then it feels like, why are you peeing down? It's a tough spot to be in the right spot, right? To be really critical of people. 
it's also like it'd be a random question for me to ask like in the heat of the moment after the chris thing like it was it was just pretty i mean it was just a big topic i mean it's just it was, well, kind it of was a also a defining loss if 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 the suns had just beaten the mavs by 40 or i mean the final score ended up being 24 whatever it was but if the if the if that game had been reversed would he have said any of that stuff about luca no not, not a chance and if you know what i mean not a chance but he might not even he might think Luca's really good. Yeah, he might. I'm just saying I, I part of me now is interested. What would he have said if the Suns had won that series? Well, like if it let's say it flipped, let's use the other, let's say Memphis had just beat this this uh Warriors in that situation and yeah. Steph had laid an egg. I don't even think he says it about Steph because I saw him supporting him something on today. Like I think it's specifically on that guy. But I think you're yeah. allowed to like specifically not like individual people and of like course. Have vendettas, and I, I appreciate course, people I, I think with Matt, the stones to say it. Yeah, I mean, again, Patrick Beverly, is it stones or is it just I don't give a f- like I can do whatever I want. I well, hate that, this that's guy. what I mean. I guess that's what I mean. He doesn't give a shit. It's a no. You know? But I'm, my point is like he, he loses nothing by doing what he did. But he doesn't need that. I'd argue, but yeah, but most people. Like JJ, JJ's probably made a hundred million dollars. Like he doesn't need any of this stuff. Yeah, but I would say it's even very different. He's clearly trying to make a career at it. Patrick Beverly, maybe he is, maybe he's not. I don't know. Well, I mean, did you know the whole time Patrick Beverly's been on every bro? I turned on TV this morning. He's still there. He's like leaning back in his chair. Like he's like wearing waiting. a white t-shirt. Yeah, he's just like hit me with the next question. I'll pop back up. Like he's just he's kind of there, just taking it all he's in. He's having a great time. Yeah, he's having the time of his life. <laughs> I guess my ultimate point is you just never see it, and it was awesome to watch. It was Part incredible. Was, I agreed with what he was saying. Not necessarily the cone. He thing, did pick a great general. guy, but like Chris Paul yeah. is like there was a very captive, uh, a welcome audience, right? <laughs> yeah, Specifically was, for what he said. It was perfect. I it think if perfect. you're ESPN, you're trying to find that similar guy for some quarterback situations come the fall. So I think star NBA players and quarterback yeah. situations would be like, can you get a guy doing that to Dak or Aaron Rodgers? It would be huge. And it, but it can't be Booger McFarlane, right? It's got no, be. no. It, it, yeah, it it would have to be like Richard Sherman. Yeah, and even he, I'm not Richard Sherman's better than Patrick Beverly, but just like you know, someone that started for like eight years at corner. Who guess, just like, who just retired this year? Like Patrick Peterson, I think he went back that, to Minnesota. Alex like, Mack. Oh wait, no, he still hasn't. We still don't know what's going on. Uh, John, by the way, check this one out. PJ championship, uh, Jason Scott, VP of trading at BetMGM. Tiger Woods at, pl- at 66 to one is our biggest liability to win the PJ championship. If Tiger were to win, it would be the biggest losing result in BetMGM history. Tiger missing the cut would be a good outcome for the sports book. End quote. Imagine watching the-, the golf tournament this weekend as, as that guy. If Tiger's What's the, the most amount of money you would put on 66 to one on Tiger Woods? Do you think he has a shot? Well, I'm just, you just give your money and I'll give my money. Well, I'm just trying to think like, I haven't so hundred dollars. You'd win. You'd win 6,600. Yeah. I, I, I mean, without even really thinking about then, I, I think the most I'd put is uh, 400 bucks. I was going to say $25. Really? And I'm a, I'm a big tiger. I think there is absolutely no chance he could win it. Now in like a year after I've seen him four and every, me, if you every would time put 25, gets, you'd put a hundred. 
but I'm just acknowledging, like, if I put 100, I think there, I, 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 guy, I don't think I'd put 25 just because it's kind of fun. I think there is oh, no okay. chance. I have no belief in him. Like, under no circumstances would I have put any money on the Mavericks in that situation. That's why it's cool when it would be incredible, but I think there is no chance. Zero. <laughs> you know, I just, <laughs> I think that's free money for the casinos. Usually when they say their biggest, I guess in football it can be a little different, right? Because if there's like a playoff game and they say like if Dallas wins this game, well, there's just two teams playing. So you're just, even if whoever's a seven-point underdog, like you want, the, you're rooting for the, in golf, like his chances are. <laughs> How does he say in such good shape when he's got a bad foot? I don't know. He, he hasn't, whatever his waist is, hasn't changed. 34, whatever it is. I love the picture they chose. Whatever that waist is, hasn't changed in forever. It's incredible. For all the surgeries he's had, all the time he's been laid up in bed, all the time he's been not exercising. Maybe he maybe he ballooned and he was like a forty waist and he doesn't come out in public till he's back to a thirty four. But hard hard press to see. Did you? They asked him. Someone's asked like you know you said that that you know those four days were tough. How long did it take you to get start training again? And he does kind of like Tiger's doing this like laughy thing right now. Like he's like, oh, I saw the one clip of it's just him like <laughs> acting very. Yeah. Kind of loosey goosey. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and his, his, I think everyone was waiting. Like I had to take a week off before I could train or whatever. He said Monday. He's like, yeah, I just didn't do anything Monday. It's like Tuesday we got back after it. But he, when he does talk about where he does get kind of serious, like he's not lying. So yeah, it's just, I think, honestly, I don't really expect him to make the cut. I mean, it's just, it's not going to be very hot. That's, I like him. In, if you told me it was going to be 105 degrees, I'd be like, well, everything loosens up a little bit. It's supposed to be kind of chilly. His chilly group, meaning what? Like 68? Yeah, like yesterday might be the hottest day of the week, and it was like 80. 84. Well, this says today, 92 yeah. there. Tomorrow, high 91. Friday, some potential rain, but in the 80s. Saturday in the 60s. That's trouble. Well, he was he going to be there? Well, but what I'm saying is, I guess it's better that it's Saturday, not Friday. You see what time is what what time he goes off. What's that? It's going to be like Friday. It's uh, Thursday. John, it says it's going to be 71 at 6 a.m. So I don't think it's going to be cool. I don't think it's going to be cold. Okay. well, he tees off Thursday morning and then he plays Friday afternoon. So it's going to be in the 70s and the 80s on Friday. It'll be 86 at two o'clock on Friday. You You see the pairing. Is it him, Spieth, and uh, Rory? That's a pretty good one. Yeah, uh, I would say that's incredible. <laughs> I, I saw remember someone, the- someone tweet like, "Are they actually going to announce other pairings after that one?" Like, what's the point? No need. <laughs> I when when uh, you remember the PJ Championship was at Harding Park. I had ESPN Plus, and I just watched the first group off that day was Spieth, and who was he playing with? Somebody he likes. And it was fantastic. I think he might have played okay that day. It was great TV, just because Spieth yeah. is just. It, now at that point in time, he had made the cut. I think those two guys. I think they were betting to not finish last. Him and his playing partner were betting throughout the round. Do you see what Gary McCord said about Mickelson? No, that he used to bet with Mickelson from the court. Like Mickelson would be playing, Gary would be walking along with the microphone. Oh, like Gary, calling his round, calling his round. Gary would look like on a putt. Gary would look at Bones and he'd throw up a number of fingers. And the number of figures that McCord threw up would be what the odds on the putt were. So if he threw up three fingers, he was giving Phil three to one. If he threw up, you know what I mean? And then Bones would whisper in Phil's ear, and then Phil would kind of look at Gary and either nod yes or nod no. 
whether he's agreeing to the to the bet. Well, do you know? I don't know what the amount was. Hundred dollars? Yeah, it didn't say what the units were. It didn't say what the amount was. But it, I mean, it couldn't have been less than that. I mean, but you're Gary, like Gary, betting a thousand bucks on these putts, and giving three to one. Or is he asking for three to one? What, uh, who was getting the odds there? Well, I'd imagine if it's like a 25 foot putt, Phil's going to need some odds. Yeah. yeah he's got to be giving them. So you, you might be able to rack up, if you were betting $100, maybe you rack up 500, you lose one, two to one, you kind of break even. That's pretty. God, Phil's got some issues, man. Pretty crazy. <laughs> this is not like That's some amateur. This, this is real PGA golf tournaments where he's trying to win them. Maybe, T- Tiger, maybe. T- Tiger, without crushing him, I thought today kind of crushed him. Like, motherfucker, you're calling out the cash flow of this place, who's made me and you, but I've made Call him you greedy, a lot of money. Right? Call him greedy. Yeah, like, I let's not get it twisted. I've made you a lot of money, and you're super rich. So it's been pretty good to you, and you're calling out how we all make money now. Like, shut up. And but, then they're asked, like, Tiger, did you get in touch with him? Because he got in touch with you in some of your low moments, and Tiger dropped the no. Because we don't see eye to eye on this one. Well, it's not like they like go back. You know, they became friends later, but they were enemies. Remember, Tiger's mom called but him the fatty. They, they didn't do the business deal a couple. They, the match started with those it was two. good for business. But that's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah. were they ever that close? Would Where you, it started do, was they were enemies. That's how it started. Yeah. They hated would each you other. Do, would Phil you do? Would you hate Tiger? Would you do a business deal with your enemy for ten million dollars? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make a list of enemies like Portnoy, and then see how many people we do business with. <laughs> Running list of enemies, that's <laughs> oh, pretty good. Uh, uh, but I also think what's possible, right, is some of the that's stuff. Why, that's why Dave resonates with so many people because how little, because how he just talks, like well, of course. how a lot of people think. I get it. I mean, I get it. Uh, but I was gonna say, I think um, uh, p- part of the Phil thing, right, could be Phil said whatever he said. To just cover what what he said was is not what it was actually about. He just had to come up with something because he needed the money. That's a possibility, right? There was was it Bamberger just wrote a piece like forty million in gambling losses, and one of the stories was that is it Happy Walters, this like famous big time gambler, Billy Walters. Billy Walters. Did you see this? That that Phil's a you know people close to Phil say that Phil's really worried about what Billy's going to write. He's writing a book with Armin Katayan. Billy went to jail for five years. Because when part of the reason was he denied this like insider trading, whatever, that he made $44 million on. And Phil made money on it too. But when Phil was asked about it, Phil, the, Billy denied it. Phil, they were like, Phil, did you, was there insider trading here? Phil pled the fifth. And, and Billy's like, it's not even true. All you had to do was protect me. You didn't do it. So, I, and I think he ghosted him part of that too, right? He broke contact, threw Billy to the wolves. I didn't know the fifth. I knew Phil got out of it, finagled his way out of it. Do you know the reason Billy gave Phil the tip? Because Billy Walters was Phil's bookie. So Phil was in deep with him. He's like, well, you want a way to make a little money yeah. to pay me back? Because so he, he paid him like $900,000 back out of it. Yeah. Right? So he gave him the insider trading tip. Phil turned it into a couple million dollars. Billy clearly made a shitload. Kind of letting him off the hook. <laughs> if you know, It's yeah, a good way to I, get I somebody. To- <laughs> but I think in Billy's mind, like, bro, I did you. You lost fair and square. Anyone who's ever had a bookie. You got to pay them. Hey, listen, I won't even take your own money. I'll give you this tip to make this money, and you can pay me out of that money. And then we all get caught. You finet, you run right, and I'm just left, and I go to jail. People that I've talked to think the Billy Walters book is going to make Phil. And it's like, well, how is it going to – what's so bad about gambling? Like, they think it's like Pete Rose level, like, because shit like that. What if you found out – who told me this the other day? That Phil would be losing, maybe? Is that what you're saying? 
I got an argument with someone that like could Phil have been throwing golf tournaments. <laughs> could you imagine if Phil if Billy Walters wrote that Phil threw a couple US opens? <laughs> I don't know how like betting against himself. It's it's because you're not like yeah, you bet against yourself. You short yourself. Yeah. If especially if you're like not gonna win, right? You could make more money by losing than maybe by finishing 17th. But how but how do you bet? On the winner. You mean how do you bet on the loser? How do you short yourself? Yeah, but I'm saying, let's say you are shorting yourself. The way to short yourself would be to bet on someone else. But there's so many people. There's like seven. Yeah, the only way to short yourself it. is to like bet that I would not finish top ten. Can, can but you... if something like that comes out, that is like, damn, look at this scheme Phil had going on to like bet against tour events. I think that's a possibility. That's a good question. Like, how do you could can you bet on somebody not to finish top ten? You well, you can bet against people to miss the cut, but Phil didn't miss that many cuts. No, and Phil doesn't control other people, right? So it's like you could he'd be like, oh, he had inside yeah, information. The cut is not, it's not just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, like, it feels like if I went to jail and I thought, like, I think Billy Walters could be like Tim Donaghy level book. Like, whoa, I guess it could be just like I'm tied with a guy for 12th, for ninth, 10th, whatever. It's between us to finish top 10. I'll make sure I'm not. But, but how would I have known guy. to bet on that guy? Can I know it, it would have to be during the round. You're like live betting. And that'd be a lot harder to prove than like doing it through DraftKings or FanDuel. Right. Yeah. I don't know how. Which didn't even exist. How would you even efficiently? How could you live bet? How could you get the player involved? But again, Gary McCord sending him signals. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I feel he might be the Pete Rose of golf. Clearly, I mean, he lost 40 minutes. But Pete Charles Barkley bet on his team to win, according to Pete. But Charles Barkley's been pretty adamant about losing, you know, gambling hundred millions of dollars, right? And losing. Michael, too. Yeah. But on their own team, but on their games. We're at the point, no one cares. If Phil lost $40 million playing poker, or even betting on the NFL, nobody cares. Well, I mean, it happened. Everyone laughed. Yeah. Not, uh, what's his name, on the uh, Falcons? Calvin. Ridley. Yeah. So right, he's not laughing. Well, you uh, should, should tell Calvin you can't do parlays. They're, they're pretty difficult to hit. More likely 5% fake tweets, uh, bots on Twitter or 20%. Elon says five, 20 plus percent. Twitter says 5%. Where do you fall? Business. I, here. I, I would say that that's, is that a, isn't that a Henry Blodgett? I, I would say that, uh, I it's know, much it's closer. not. <laughs> <laughs> Business Insider's owned by Henry Blodgett, I think. Yeah, it, I, I, yeah, not yeah. the author, but just, sorry. I, yeah, sorry. I would say, uh, I would say it's closer to Elon's number. He says uh, he can't move forward until the Twitter CEO uh, provides proof that the platform has fewer than five percent fake accounts. On Tuesday, twenty percent fake spam accounts, while four times what Twitter claims could be much higher. He didn't detail how he arrived at the twenty percent figure. I would say it's definitely higher than. Five definitely higher than five. I, I would say it's in the double digits. I don't think it's 20 percent. 20. Well, I wouldn't shock I wouldn't me. Put it it's them. hard to know, but it would not. I would not be shocked if that was turned out to be enough. The number I mean, the same 20 people respond to all my tweets. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think Elon's, I think Elon knows that's that. I, I think Elon's doing things with knowledge. I, I think there's a chance he did this. Maybe to try to wipe out Twitter. He didn't even want to buy it. He just wanted to destroy it. One thing I saw today on Twitter is that the purchase agreement 
you know, like when you buy a house and you got the contingencies, he waived the due diligence contingencies in a takeover or a agreement. So th- I think Twitter's basically saying like, you waived your ability to see all this. Now, I mean, I would imagine he's got some, both sides got pretty high level lawyers. Like, I, I just, is he, or is he just flying by the seat of his pants? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to, it's what makes him so intriguing, right? Yes. It's like, is this all part of a genius chess plan or is he just a bull in a china shop? But there ain't a soul that believes like Twitter doesn't have a, a decent sized percentage of fake. Cause the one thing Instagram and Facebook, I guess they're connected, they're owned by, I mean, Facebook owns Instagram, is all people. Or at least it, I mean I'm I've I'm locked out of my Facebook account, but forever like everyone else it was like actual humans, right? I guess yeah I don't get like people. yeah I don't I mean I guess I do get some bot. You get bot people, sh- you know the things like your DMs or whatever, but that's like it's clear it's a bot. Like I, it's yeah, saying yeah, yeah, clear right. on like a Twitter, you don't really know who's who. No, like Jane seventy two could be your aunt. I mean, once you start be, interacting, you can tell, right? Kinda, I think. Once you interact with certain people, you like, oh, this guy's a follower or whatever. You know, you have a normal conversation. You think we're also not, you know. I think the sport bot number is probably lower than bots, like political bots, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, is someone just like now? I've always thought there was this bot farm that did Warriors tweets for years. I've noticed it. But for the most part, like you go tweet out a video of Danny Gray at Niners practice, you're not getting a bunch of bots interacting with that tweet. What's the, what what's would, the point? What would your guess on the number be if you had to if you had to write down it? You know, like a Jeopardy style, like write down your number. Uh, I guess Price is right. You know, you need to get close. <laughs> yeah, I look. What, what's the total number of Twitter users? You know, that's another thing. I think it says 70 million in America, but like only like 40 are active. There's a lot of discrepancy because they don't release any of the shit. Yeah, I would. My number would be probably. uh, Like nine, like nine to 11 percent, I think. Something in that range. I'd be 12 to 15 percent. The percentage I would agree with. There are probably a lot of accounts that do nothing with it. And I think a lot of people don't actively tweet. Oh, that's true for sure. I think that number, so it kind of skews like they, they have like active users, but are they really active? You know, because I think part well, of Well, I think like there's selling- also at people who have a Twitter account that are never on it. And people, I think there's a lot of people that just have Twitter and they just read stuff they never tweeted once. Yeah. And they just follow the people they want to follow for the information. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bots by Tito's too. Yeah. They're bots. That was clearly, I mean, we knew, remember, we worked with a guy who had a level of following that didn't quite add up. His yes. following was outrageously massive. And it was clear he bought it. And then I heard enough people tell stories that bought it. There were companies, it. companies over the years that, you know, more followers you had, you got elevated. Yeah. And I remember- this was eight, nine years ago. And then you yeah. realize, yeah, that doesn't turn into any monetization for anybody. No. Uh, on the stream from Niners Daddy, just a heads up. Thank you, Niners Daddy. I've uh, been listening to the pod. Fred Warner said Trey Lance was torching them in practice after the Atlanta game. No one had any idea at that point that Trey would play versus the Texans. I'd push back a little bit on that one just because the pushback. Jimmy Jimmy felt like had been a little week to week the second half of the season with some of the injuries. 
there was a lot of weeks where it was like, you know, it's okay. Could he throw? I'm not saying Fred knew he was going to start, but there, there was just at any moment, it felt like Trey was a little closer just because Jimmy had some issues going on. We didn't know after the Texans game, his thumb was hurt until we did know. I'm pretty sure they played the Texans after the Titans, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's correct. Also, John Lynch thought about leaving him there. So, like to tweet. I mean, that's that's right. But, oh, that's right. But but, but then again, I, I again that that's type thing where it's like, what does he have to gain? Everyone was thinking the same thing. He has nothing to gain when he's the general manager. It's not his job to uh, talk. That was dumb, or a mistake, or understandable mistake. We've all been there. Just fat thumb, John. You know, fat thumb, small phone. Didn't he say that? Did he say that? I don't know. But it was a holiday weekend, right? So it's... Remember he was in church? That's right. <laughs> I think it was Christmas. Because remember, we talked about yeah, this the other day. It was a holiday weekend. It was, it, was the, it was the best Christmas game ever because they played on that Thursday. So we had the whole Christmas weekend. He claimed in church with the family in his pocket. I got all excited the other day because I thought that the Niners Raiders game could get flexed. Do you know, starting in 2023 Monday night football can get flexed at the end of the season. Like week, starting week 14, like starting week 14 next year, not this coming season, but the following season you can, you can flex Monday night games. I had a lot of people hit me up that heard us talk about the, the timing of the Raider game and agreed from the sense of travel. That like you know it's just the, yeah, it would be it'd be that. so easy on like a December tenth. I'm just picking. I don't even know if these are Sundays, but you know what I mean. Like September twenty eighth was like get to Vegas. It's just it's an easy. It, I make a weekend out of it. That already is a weekend for me. <laughs> I want to make a weekend out of this event, even right. though I did see. Maybe you forwarded this to me. It's already the third highest secondary market game immediately of the season. I don't I think somebody I, we've a few people have sent that to us that not yeah. So uh TV Which, on the, why would you purchase that now? Wouldn't you wait? Just because you want to go. I think that's part of it. You're just going no matter what. I'm just going. Yeah. Don't want to get price. sold out. Are, are All it takes t- is one team to be six and ten going in that game. That price diminishes. But I would say, like that game specifically, you're, a rivalry right. type game. It's you're pretty right. unique. Right. They don't play every year. TD Might on the stream must be no news. Rehashing old conspiracies. LOL. Semper Fi. How are we supposed to argue with a person? You know, we if don't. you're a marine, like we can't. We thanks just say thank you for your service. Yeah, yeah, thanks for fucking kicking ass and taking names. Now, Semper Fi, I think, means like always loyal. So yes, we are always loyal to conspiracies. Or yeah. always faithful. Is he a Niner fan? The Niners should the Niners switch to instead of the faithful, just call their crowd Semperfy? What if the I Niners switch? Semperfy. Would that go over well with the military? I got one. Jed couldn't pull that one off. <laughs> he ain't that guy. <laughs> what did that guy say? You ain't, that guy, you, you ain't that guy, pal. <laughs> you ain't that guy, pal. You ain't that guy, pal. There would be some owners that that's, could get. Yeah, that's closer. the guy in the grocery store, right? Yelling at the guy in line yeah, and you, filming him. You ain't that guy, pal. Like, I, Jed would get crushed. No, yeah, no, you couldn't do that. Just, of course not. Anyone want Giants tickets for Friday, Matthew says. Section 116, just don't resell. Were you giving them away, Matthew? I don't. Matthew, I'd rather have one of your pizzas than those tickets. 
Matthew Pizza Guy? Pink Onion, baby. That's the Mrs. Oh. Pink Onion, Matthew. Go, go, I wonder, is the Garoppolo still on the menu? The Jimmy G? I, have not, I really haven't seen much Giants baseball at all this year. Yes, yeah, went deep. I'm on the TV. Giving them away. I don't know how to give them away in a YouTube chat. Matthew's the problem, but. And I'm honestly not willing to do the effort to get anybody's DM and pass it along. And yeah, that's too much. Yeah. I, can to, you guys DM each other in, in the well, why chat? Don't you, why don't this, Matthew? Anyone watching this and wants to go to a Giants game, go to Pink Onion, buy a pizza. If you're the first guy to buy a go pizza, see Matthew at Pink Onion. Yeah. Uh, he says the Jimmy G is still selling. I'd go for Jimmy G right now. The 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 the, the ham pizza is still there. The promo code ham. I mean, I think it is. Matthew is the promo code ham selling. What was that sausage jalapeno? Sounds fantastic. I got to pee so bad. <laughs> okay, we can go. All right. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.